0: Good morning. Good morning. I am Deb Creer. I'm the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media to promote their tools and their products and their services. But we're going to deviate from that today, just like I get to do on occasion because it is my program. I get to do what I want. So we're talking more about something that's very important in your life every single day, but, you know, it's also a good marketing tool, all these various things. And for once, I'm talking with somebody that I know out in the real world. You know, I love social media because so many of my guests I've never met in real life. And, and this is a, a great way for me to get to know them. But now I get to talk with my friend, Elizabeth Suarez. So, Elizabeth, hello. Hi. How are you? It's great I am, to hear your voice. I'm doing spectacular, and it's so funny that, you know, we're on Mile High Radio, and you're in Colorado, and I'm in Atlanta. I know. But, you know, the power of technology just makes things wonderful, wonderful. So before we jump in, let me tell folks just a little bit about you. So Elizabeth Suarez is an accomplished practitioner, management consultant, and expert in alternative dispute, resolution, and leadership. With more than 15 years spent climbing the ranks of corporate America, Elizabeth insists Current phraseology imposes a change in our accountability. As she too fur, she's- as she too further broadened her knowledge base and sharpened her negotiation skill set. Today, Elizabeth is a highly regarded as an author speaker facilitator coach strategist trainer and mediator she is passionate about imparting professionals and assisting all generations and communities to better understand how to manage disagreements succeed in any negotiation and develop the necessary strategies and tactics for success all while deploying ethical persuasion and inclusiveness skills As a bicultural and bilingual strategist, Elizabeth is an expert in providing an amicable environment where difficult issues can be successfully addressed and resolved. Currently, she works with clients in the fields of higher education, government, business, and nonprofit. Elizabeth holds an MBA from the Wharton School of Business, University of Pennsylvania, and a BS in chemical engineering from Cornell. She completed the executive management program at the John F. Kennedy School of Government at Harvard. She is a graduate of the prestigious National Hispania Leadership Institute program, as well as the the Center for Creative Leadership and Leadership Denver. She received her mediation training from the Colorado Council of Mediators and the Colorado Bar Association. In addition, Elizabeth is a certified MBTI practitioner. To pay it forward, Elizabeth spent many years mentoring Latina professionals and serving on the boards of multiple nonprofit organizations. And as we mentioned, she lives in Colorado with her husband and daughter, where she enjoys going on long walks and dancing bamba with the local Puerto Rican cultural dance ensemble. So, yay! Welcome, Elizabeth! Thank you. Thank you for
1: having me. It's great to be on the show with you.
0: Well, you know, it's it's just absolutely wonderful to, to hear your voice and be talking with you. And you've been a guest before, but it's been many, many yes. years. But I really wanted you on today to talk about your new book The Art of Getting Everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. And The Art of Getting
1: Everything You Want and More actually is focused on the younger generation, the millennials mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. as other generations as well, but however the focus is to make clear that everybody realizes you know no matter where you are in your career or in your path in life You Mm -hmm. need to figure out a strategy and a path that you want to follow. And you need to do this by balancing three major categories. Mm -hmm. And normally the two first categories, we're good at balancing it. But the third one, many times we forget. And the two main, the two first categories are the career, obviously. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the second one is family. We always say, oh, we have work-life balance. This is our Mm -hmm. family. We take care of our family. We take care of our pets. We, We do all this. However, Mm -hmm. we forget the third one. And the third one is that interest uh, aspect. And the interest Mm -hmm. is, who are you as an individual? Mm -hmm. What makes you feel happy? What fulfills you? And normally, we forget that many times. I mean, Mm there's some people that don't. And I applaud those people. They are actually, I look up to those people. But the majority Mm -hmm. of us, including myself, yours truly, I can tell you, you get to a point that you do So what are my interests again? Right. So it it is basically saying, yeah, you can have everything, but don't just focus on two-thirds of your life. There's one-third of your life that really fulfills the other two-thirds that Mm -hmm. makes you a well-rounded individual.
0: Right. Well, and the book is, you know, it it is obviously for everyone, Mm -hmm. but it does target primarily more women. Yes. And I think that's because we do get caught up in... Wanting to please and wanting to serve everyone and and especially on those interests because when when you start thinking about it, you're like, well, I'm the soccer mom mm-hmm. and and I love going and doing that, or you know because we do you know people do they love spending time with their kids, all of these various things but but they they get uh, so caught up in fulfilling other people's interests that they forget their own interests.
1: Totally. I, it happened to me. This is why I wrote this book. As you know, Deb, you actually had the uh, fortune that you've met my family, including uh, my mother. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. a couple years back, my mother passed. And before she passed, I became her full caregiver and caretaker. And uh, when after she passed, I can tell you, I found myself on a Saturday in my home in Colorado mm-hmm sitting in the middle of the kitchen floor, just crying. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. only crying because of the passing of my mother, crying because it was a beautiful weekend. My husband had his own interests with his friends. He was out doing the wonderful thing that you do in Colorado hike and everything. And our daughter Mm -hmm. was also doing what she loves, her passion of dancing. And to tell you the truth, and for those few minutes of me sitting on the floor, bawling, crying, I said, who can I call? What can I do? What are mm-hmm. my interests? Mm-hmm. And that was uh, eye-opening and an awakening for me because I am also a coach. And I coach mm-hmm. my clients to do what are your interests. And I even thought to myself, I don't even ask myself why. what are my interests. And that's right. when I went ahead and decided to join this uh, dance ensemble called Bomba, which is the folk mm-hmm. dancing of Puerto Rico, which, which is where I grew up. And mm-hmm. actually, I have something. I am part mm-hmm. of something. It's my own interest. It's not my daughters interest. It's not my husband's interest.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and so many times you get that forced on you, like, like you did, Mm um, you know, you, your mother passed away, you know, it's, it's kids grow up, the, you, maybe the marriage dissolves, you know, all these things. And you do think, who am I, you know, we, we, we lose our identity and we're not saying that it's wrong because, you know, the more power to, to the people who throw themselves into their career and into their, their families, but there does need to be that, even if it's just 10 minutes a day, something that is for you. Mm-hmm, exactly. And the other thing I did in
1: addition to that is then I joined an online group concerning Pilates. And that's what I do. 10 minutes a day. I do Pilates, mm-hmm. no matter how busy I am. Sometimes I find myself at midnight when I was writing this book that I did a lot of the writing late at night. I was doing mm-hmm. Pilates to keep myself awake until one in the morning while I finished <laughs> the chapter in the mm-hmm. book. But that's what I did. I started doing stuff that was for myself. And then what I realized is I became a better mother, a better wife, and I became a better professional. Like Mm -hmm. to the point that ever since I did that switch, I have to admit it, my business has flourished amazingly. Mm -hmm. And I haven't done anything else differently in terms of marketing or anything. I haven't. So it's something that basically I strongly believe, and I was, I was coaching people on this and I can't believe I wasn't coaching myself on this. It's fuel. I mean, we all drive Mm -hmm. cars. You have to Mm -hmm. go to the gas station and fuel the car. You basically need to fuel yourself. It could be five minutes of just looking outside and watching the leaves move. That's your Mm -hmm. time that is fine and that's Mm -hmm. something that we all need to do and if Mm -hmm. you go to my book uh, the art of getting everything you want and more basically what i do in the book is i don't only talk about this i share personal stories. I started right. with my own story, and then I also share uh, personal stories from clients of mine that have given me the okay to use their stories, mm-hmm. but not use their names, so all those wonderful right. names are actually fictional names, for uh, mm-hmm. names that I would have called, if I had cats, I would have called my cats, <laughs> so... <laughs> So basically those are the names and, uh, what they are is real life examples of clients Mm -hmm. that have been successful, uh, because they balance all three, uh, ingredients, all three alternatives.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and we do get so caught up in our career and sometimes your career is being the, the mom, the housewife, you know, and, and, and that's, again, that's perfectly fine, but we get so caught up in our career and our family that we do forget those interests. So how do you work with the people that you coach on figuring out what their interests are? and and how they are an interest separate from everybody else.
1: That is a great question. I will refer to one of my examples in the book. It was this woman quite high up in higher ed, and I was working with her, and she was basically the reason she came to me is that she felt stuck. She was PhD. I mean, she had all the credentials you can imagine, but she mm-hmm. was stuck in the institution she was working on, and at the same time, she felt stuck in life. I mean, supposedly she had a great marriage. She had two wonderful kids. Her mother mm-hmm. lived with her. I mean, it was it was like she had this great little life, but she felt that she told me every morning she woke up and she was like, "Is this is it? This is it? I worked mm-hmm. so hard for mm-hmm. this. So um, she got um, tapped by another institution that said, hey, why don't you come and work for us? And she loved it and everything. And before she decided to go ahead with the uh, offer and accepting it, mm-hmm. she hired me. And we started working towards like, okay, why do you want to move? Because really it mm-hmm. wasn't that she was in a bad place in the institution and everything. Right. So I started asking that peeling back of the onion of questions. Mm-hmm. What motivates you on a Monday morning to, to come into work? I mean, mm-hmm. what was it that motivated you, you? For her, I kept on asking her, what kept you motivated to go through so many years of higher education training mm-hmm. to get your Ph.D. in physics? I mean, can you mm-hmm. imagine a Ph.D. in physics? Oh, Oh, I mean, she's a smart cookie. Exactly. And and through all that, the same thing, what motivated you when you were in high school, etc. What we came to realize after several sessions was that she was a yoga lover. Like ah. to the point, Deb, that when I met her in person, one of the few times, to- you know, the times I met her in person, mm-hmm. I even told her, said, so you are she says, Yeah, I'm a yogi. I'm like really this yoga wow. freak. And I said, Mm -hmm. prove it to me, she got up in her pants, and Mm -hmm. went ahead and did the tree stand and had her foot all the way up to her thigh, and was able to expand her arms and then even move them. Mm -hmm. And I just sat there and I did. So how long have you been doing yoga? And she's, Mm -hmm. you know, she's around your age and my age. And Mm -hmm. basically, she said, since I was in high school because mm-hmm. I was not part of an in club because I was not athletic so ah. I started doing stretches and stuff mm-hmm. and I didn't know what to do so that's what her interest was but what has, mm-hmm. what had happened is that she was suppressing that time for mm-hmm. her to be able to do practice or her yoga. So when she mm-hmm. went for the new job, she actually negotiated when they offered her the job, she negotiated time that she could do yoga. She identified that she needed three hours a week where she can do yoga one of the Mm -hmm. hours she was going to do it on a Saturday or Sunday when she wasn't working, but the Mm -hmm. two other hours she needed it over the week. And she told Mm -hmm. her boss, uh, that she was reporting directly into the provost, which is the second highest person in a institution Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. said to him, I need, uh, one uh, night a week, I'm going to be leaving on time because I have this class to go for yoga. She says, I would like mm-hmm. to do it two nights a week. At her position, many times it's very hard to leave by four thirty, five o'clock. So mm-hmm. his office found a yoga person on campus. And every Wednesday, she disappears at lunch to go and do this yoga. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. It's Mm -hmm. it's amazing. She says, everybody knows that you do not call a meeting. Mm -hmm. You do not call anything, lunch or anything Mm -hmm. with her on that day. So ever since that, she says that she feels so fulfilled. And Mm -hmm. this happened two years ago is when she made the move. And that's what it is, her interest, because Mm -hmm. it took a while for me to ask, what is it? What motivates you? And you have, and you as an individual, you have to do that. What motivates you on a Monday morning? Think Mm -hmm. about, you know, what motivates you on when you're feeling down in order to go ahead and move it around. Mm -hmm. You need to ask yourself those questions. Many times you won't have the answer but what I normally recommend for people with your device or if your journal, whatever thought comes to mind, write it down mm-hmm. and then review it later on and say, right. oh, what did I mean when I wrote that mm-hmm. down?
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and sometimes you do have to explore these things. Um, one of the things that I've discovered that is an interest of mine that I would have never thought was an interest is cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and so every evening now, you know, not, not every single evening because schedules get in the way. And, you know, sometimes you call out for pizza and all those various things. But to me to spend a half an hour, 45 minutes preparing a meal is a great time for me to put my mind on hold. And, and I think that's what works more than anything is I'm focusing on not cutting my finger off, um, you know, all these various things. And and it's very relaxing to me. And I never would have thought that, you know, several years ago. Now, granted, it's it's nice. We have this big, huge kitchen where it's fun to prepare stuff and, um, you know, the open concept house. And so you're not cut off from the rest of the world and, and all those various things. But for that half hour every night, it is very relaxing. And I find that when our schedules have gotten so hectic that I'm not doing that, mm-hmm. I start getting a little stressed. Um, you know, and, and, and it, it is, it's just, it, it is very surprising. I mean, you know, because I'm certainly not a gourmet cook, I have to follow recipes to the letter and, and all sorts of things, but it, it's, you know, it, and it's a half hour, you know, it's, it's not a big deal. And, but it's, it's my time in the kitchen. And if, if my husband intrudes, I'm like, Rrr. oh, really? You to <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can come to my house anytime. Okay. Okay. I'll come cook. Um, but, but yeah, and, and it was just kind of one of those things that I fell into, but it, it is something that, that is like that. Or maybe it's, you know, that you spend a half hour before you go to bed every night reading. And and I'm not talking reading professional journals or anything like that. Reading something that's fun. Um, you know, or playing a card game on your, your, your iPad. Something that you just kind of are in your own space is maybe the the way to put it because we need that we need that time where we're not the employee we're not the wife we're not the mom we're not the this mm-hmm we're me. Mm -hmm.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Well, interesting. It's another thing I do because my interest of Bomba is something that is organized. So obviously Uh you can't do it every day. So I do do the Pilates. And if I don't have the 10 Mm -hmm. minute time to do the Pilates, I do stretching. But Mm -hmm. the other thing I do that is my time. And I think my family just laughs. I do Scrabble. I I play Ah, against myself on Scrabble. Can Uh you believe that? It's like try to beat myself every day. Uh And actually, Uh and it's, I only do it for maybe five minutes or 10 minutes Uh and then that's it. It, It's an interesting way of figuring out for me as an engineer, Uh figuring out new words and also figuring Uh out how my mind works, but, Uh but it's like my downtime. And then I'm ready Uh to go back into dealing with a client, working on a report, whatever I need Uh to do.
0: Right. Well, and, and, you know, sometimes your brain just needs that break, mm-hmm. uh, especially if it's, you know, stressful and you need to stop thinking about whatever the situation is. Yeah, play a game of solitaire, play a game of scrabble, something so that your mind refocuses and kind of has that chance to go, <sighs> T- before you jump back in
1: totally totally and the other thing is that people have to realize because you know being a being a professional in the negotiation field many people are just telling me just tell me two things i need to do so i can win the negotiation right. so i can just get two. yeah just so two? i can get everything i want and i always tell people so you know the most important thing when you're going into negotiation the most important step is preparing and everybody right. just stares at me and they say, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. I said, if you don't prepare, don't even go in and, and talk about it. And the mm-hmm. preparing is not just saying, okay, what do I want? What are my goals? What is the outcome I'm looking for? Or What, do the other part, or what does the other party want? Et cetera. Mm-hmm. The preparing is basically your entire life. Like yes. how are you preparing yourself? So yeah, we have been preparing career wise and that is the easy preparing because we all get certified or educated or whatever, you know, all the skills we, need. We mm-hmm. have been, been praying from a family perspective because, you know, we have been part of a family since we came into right. this world. And then, mm-hmm. but last, our interests are great at interest when we're younger, but then we start focusing so much on career and family that we forget on an interest. And then we go mm-hmm. into negotiations and many times we forget like this woman that I, uh, my client that I talked to about higher ed, if mm-hmm. she and I would have not prepared, if she would have not prepared with me ahead of time, once they offered her the job, she would have just accepted the job. And basically right. what she sh- would have done is transfer into another institution and still feel the same way. The unfulfilled, mm-hmm. why am I doing this? Why do I work right. so hard? Oh my God, what do I do next? When is retirement? You, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. basically what it was is that she prepared, she tapped back into her life and said, mm-hmm. oh my God, yoga is extremely important to me. Right. So I right. don't care how high up I am in this institution they're going to allocate time for me to do this and they're not going to question me.
0: Right. And they aren't. Right. Well, and, and what I love about your book is its primary focus is on negotiating and how to have those skills. And, and it's, you know, obviously it's a career kind of oriented, but we negotiate every day, you know, and, and whether you're negotiating with your, your teenager to get them to do something or your spouse or a coworker or a friend or all these various things. And so you've, you've, you know, you talk about the way to successfully negotiate is, you know, as we just mentioned, and we're going to really talk about this in detail, but to prepare to practice and then have perspective. Mm -hmm. And so let's, you know, let's really talk about this. So talk more about prepare. And the prepare is
1: basically what is it that you want out of this discussion? Like, let's say Mm -hmm. a teenager. I mean, Mm -hmm. and I can tell you, those are the hardest negotiations negotiating with a teenager over anybody Mm -hmm. else. So mm-hmm. what is it that you want from this? And many mm-hmm. times I tell people, what or how are you going to benefit the other person? And especially when I talk to parents about teenagers, they're like this is not benefiting him or her. Why? I'm the parent. Mm-hmm. I said that's where we go wrong. We right. always have to look at it like the reason we're negotiating is because the other person has something we want. Mm-hmm. So we need to identify how does the other person benefit? And mm-hmm. we need to be able to be ready to communicate that to the other person and then start working back and forth and how we're going to help each other. Because the other person may view that the benefit you think is great for the other person, the other person may look at it and says, it's not good enough. Then, then you need to talk. Well, why isn't it good enough? What else right. do you need? And then mm-hmm. basically have those difficult conversations and say, I gave you X and you're just giving me B. And guess what? Mm -hmm. X and B are not the same caliber or quality or quantity. So we need to figure out maybe in that negotiation, somebody gets more than the other. But then Mm -hmm. negotiation is a relationship building. I mean, I know we talk about negotiating buying a house and buying a car, and those are short term. But normally Mm -hmm. in our life, we're always negotiating with somebody that we have a relationship with. Mm -hmm. So that is the point that maybe this time the other party is getting more than you are. But right. since you're establishing a relationship and developing further the relationship with this individual, when you go to that next negotiation discussion, you need to bring this up. I mean, I mm-hmm. am very surprised, Deb, all the time with my clients, how they say, yeah, but, you know, they, they got more here and I didn't. And now we went back to the table and I still feel that I didn't get as much. And I said, so did you tell them? They're like, oh, no, they should right. know. And they tell me that they should know. I said, mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. should they know? Mm-hmm. I mean, because for them, they're not keeping a tally, mm-hmm. so you need to have that conversation, right?
0: And and it's not it, 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 you. You need to do this in a positive way. Mm-hmm. It's not well. I gave in on this, so you have to give in on that. You know, it's it, because you know we then we just get petty and we get nasty. But but it can be things like you know what we decided that last week we'd see the movie you wanted to see. So this week. How about if we go to the restaurant that I want to go to? Exactly. Exactly. And it's like that
1: even with your boss. I mean, Mm -hmm. even to the point how that woman that I go back to her example, when she said to her boss, I want two nights to go home by 430 so I can take this class from this wonderful instructor Mm -hmm. near my home. So I have to leave by 430. And the boss was like, I understand that you need those two hours. What about if I do some research and find somebody closer for one of the mm-hmm. nights? And, and she was like, well, I don't have wow. time to do the research. She says, I'll get mm-hmm. somebody to do the research. Mm-hmm. And he did. He got his assistant right. to talk to some graduate students and the graduate student mm-hmm. says, Oh, go for here. She went and tried the class and she says, Oh my God, this is as good as the mm-hmm. one that I like near my house. So right. that, that is something that once again, I mean, at the beginning, it was like, no, I want the two nights that I leave on time. Mm -hmm. And the other party was like, I will give you one night, but I will give you another time that you're still near the office that you Mm -hmm. go for lunch when a lot of people are taking the break, but then you're back at your Mm -hmm. desk or at your office at 1.30. So right right there, did she get exactly what she wanted since the beginning? No, but she got another solution. And this is what people need to realize with negotiation. Mm -hmm. She got a totally different solution that she even admitted to me. I never thought about it.
0: Right. And it probably works better. Oh, it works
1: better. She says actually, she's she's uh, easier. She says it's easier because in reality, at my level, I can't leave the office at four thirty. Right. Right. I mean, that's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And so when she did, she
0: probably felt guilty and all those other Mm -hmm, things.
1: mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she says that when she leaves only one night at 4.30, she doesn't feel guilty. She's like, this is Mm -hmm. my time because I've worked hard. So I can do it. But she says it would have been two nights. She would have been like, oh, my God, are people starting to talk to me? I mean, she has a huge staff. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of stuff, especially when you keep on going up the, Mm -hmm. the, you know, the authority level, the rankings that you start pondering, should I be leaving this early? Should I not? Mm -hmm. I need to be there for my employees, etc et
0: mm-hmm. Well, and one of the, the parts of, of preparation and then also practice is what to do if they just flat out say no. no. Yeah. And I
1: always work with my clients to say, assume a no. And they just mm-hmm. look at me. They're like, wait, wait a second. I prepared, I have the best alternative. I said, no, let's look at ourselves. Like we're a customer service call in mm-hmm. center. You know, when you're a customer service call in center, there's the yes or no. They gave Mm -hmm. you a yes answer and they gave you a no answer. They always assume that there's going to come a no answer. So what is your script? When it's a no answer, it's always the customer service center. Call centers Mm -hmm. are always ready for that. No. And they Mm -hmm. always, I mean, try it. Let's go ahead. And I I encourage your listeners to go ahead and call a customer service and say no. And I bet you that it's not, they're not going to hang up the phone right away. They have another Mm -hmm. script and that's Mm -hmm. what we all have to prepare. We have Mm -hmm. to prepare for that. No. And we also have to prepare for this is not a dead end. I call it Mm -hmm. a cul-de-sac. So. we got there and they said no and they keep on saying no and you do okay i'll be back just mm-hmm. you know go around the cul-de-sac right. leave the cul-de-sac go and prepare again go and practice and come back in i will tell mm-hmm. you eventually that cul-de-sac will become a drive you
0: know
1: right a, a, a drive-through
0: yes well and, and sometimes the decision is okay this isn't going to work You know, and, and, and then, but then you've figured out a different plan of action, you know? So maybe it is my boss won't do this. My boss won't do this, you know, and obviously we're using negatives here, but then it does reach the point of, okay, is it worth staying Mm -hmm. there? Mm -hmm. And that is to the point that many times I've had clients that I've
1: said that to them. Is it worth it? Why are you still here? Mm -hmm. Because if he wants A and you want C, And there is no dotted line or no Mm -hmm. straight line to get there. Mm -hmm. Even with 20 cul-de-sacs going through, Mm -hmm. it's not going to make it go. And also another thing that everybody has to realize with negotiation, there's always an authority. Mm -hmm. And the authority is the trump card. Your boss can say no, and his and her no will hold stronger than yours, than than your position. So you need to figure out, and I like to use this terminology again, uh, choose your battles. Is is this worth it? And if it's this Mm -hmm. worth it, and this is where you learn it from preparing because you prepared Mm -hmm. for it, then it's time for you to look at another alternative. Mm -hmm. Doing the same thing over and over again is called insanity, and right. that's what happens. And then we become victims and then we complain. And then all of a sudden, it's a basically, it's a downward spiral. We keep on complaining, mm-hmm. complaining, and it's not going to work.
0: Right. Well, and, and, you know, as you mentioned, part of it is that, you know, the the preparation is so important. So, you know, let's go back to the the woman who wanted yoga, mm-hmm. you know, maybe her boss, just no matter what she did said. We just can't do it. You know, and, and maybe his reasons were valid. Maybe they weren't. You know, all those various things. So then part of her preparation could have been, can I get up an hour earlier, a couple days a week? Exactly.
1: Exactly. Can I come in a little bit later? Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. The, yeah. the other thing she had, which many times you don't realize in a negotiation, she had such an amazing background and skills and capabilities mm-hmm. that she knew that future boss wanted on his team. right
0: so she she had the upper hand yeah she had
1: part of the upper hand mm-hmm. and this is what people have to realize this is why in the art of getting everything and more I, the, everything you want the more I always like to show is the fact that you always have an upper hand it's not mm-hmm. that you're going to be the strongest thing but for somebody to engage in a negotiation talk with you career wise or, perf- or personal wise mm-hmm. there is something that the other person also wants from you Right, because if they didn't, trust me, they won't negotiate. They won't engage right. with you. Why right. bother? I mean, why mm-hmm. even bother? So, yeah. you have something, and that's why you have to prepare and you have to practice because you have to really mm-hmm. figure out what is it, what are the benefits I'm bringing mm-hmm. to this conversation right. that will help me move the needle forward in the discussion. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and I love that you talk in the, in your book about the fact that, you know, de- obviously it depends on what it is and the length of time you have and, and all that good stuff. Write it down mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and, and go through the, the, you know, all of the various scenarios, but then practice it, you mm-hmm. know, practice either saying it out loud or practice with a friend and, and, you know, all those various things. And I think that's where we get caught is we immediately try and do something, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know what? Take a step back if you can, and say, you know, to your boss, can we talk about this tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and and then that does give you time to prepare and practice. But the practice is where you get used to what are they, you know, how do you respond when they say no, mm-hmm. or how do you respond if they counter? All of those things, because it is emotional. It you is know, no matter what. It's it's and and we get caught up in. The, Yeah, You know, and, and so you should have worked through as many of the options as, as possible. Mm
1: -hmm. One of the things I do in terms of helping my clients practice is the fact that I tell them, you know what, get in front of a mirror, yourself Mm -hmm. standing, don't sit down, standing or walk your dogs, whatever you want to do, or go for a walk Mm -hmm. and start saying the words out loud. Right. Because you are basically training your hearing to hear these words. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. The other thing is to get somebody involved, like a mentor or an advocate or a friend or your spouse or your kid Mm -hmm. or whatever, make them say the word, no, Mm
0: -hmm. like
1: you say your thing and they're ready and they're listening. Then they say, no, we're not going to do that. And then let them watch your reaction. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, I hate bringing in politics into this, but it's like what happened in Monday's presidential debate. It's Mm -hmm. like, You need to have that poker face. You can't be showing expressions of like, Mm -hmm. are you kidding me? Because I'm the first one that would show the expression. Somebody says no to something I want. I roll my eyes and I say, well, what an idiotic idea Mm of this person to think Mm -hmm. this. Well, you can't. You have to be ready for that concept of they're going to say no. And it's okay for me to hear the words no because I already have a script ready for my mm-hmm. answer. And my mm-hmm. answer may not be accepted, but you brought up a good point, Deb, that it's also in the mm-hmm. book. You may have to say, I need 24 hours or 48 hours mm-hmm. why we reconvene to talk about this further. And that's right. something that very few of us, they, we feel that it's failure when we call mm-hmm. a timeout. Watch mm-hmm. any sporting event. I know you are a Buffs fa- fan mm-hmm. here in uh, Colorado, and I know you mm-hmm. love them. But how many times doesn't the coach just call a timeout?
0: Right. It gives everybody the chance to calm
1: down. Mm -hmm. To calm down or to even maybe not only calm down, but for the other party, especially if they have authority, Mm -hmm. get them to stop their momentum.
0: Right. Oh, most definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and and it messes with their mind mm-hmm. because, you know, uh, you know, the, the sports analogy is great because a lot of times they call a timeout before an important play or, like, say, an important kick. And so you've got your kicker out there and he's thinking, I'm going to win this game, I'm going to win this game, and oh, darn, now I have to stand here. Exactly, um, exactly. You know, and, and, and it does, it messes with that momentum. Now, we're not saying, you know, do that on purpose, but it is a strategy. Mm-hmm. And, and that's also why a lot of times if you approach your supervisor or your boss, whoever, they say, let's wait and talk about this tomorrow. You know, sometimes it, it is, you know, that they are too busy or things like that. But a lot of times they're thinking, let's you know let's change the momentum here, maybe remind you I'm the boss mm-hmm. or you know all those various things, exactly,
1: and you know we saw it, and I think it wasn't at the first game for for the Broncos where they stopped uh the clock in order to control the kicker from the right. other team, yes. and basically it's not that you're there to win an argument, you're mainly there to decrease the emotions that are right. part of the discussion. Yeah. And trust Mm -hmm. me, if you feel the other party is emotional and passionate, I can tell you, you are as emotional and passionate as that individual. Even though you Mm -hmm. think you're not, you are. It's Mm -hmm. human nature to become emotional when the surrounding individuals are also emotional. So. Mm Calling a timeout is the most refreshing thing. However, I tell people when you do that, the person that calls the timeout is the per- person responsible for reconvening the discussion yes. again.
0: Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Ex-
1: exactly, and that doesn't work uh, correctly. So mm-hmm. I, uh, that's another thing that people need to realize.
0: And and do it right then. You know, say, you know what, let's 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 talk about this again tomorrow at two. Mm-hmm. Whatever, Because if you just think, okay, I'm going to call the timeout and I'll contact them later, you get busy, you get scared, you decide it wasn't worth it, all those various things, and then it it doesn't get resolved and you have hurt feelings and all those various things. Exactly, exactly. And the preparing is also important
1: because when you're preparing, that you're practicing, practice having to call a timeout. Right. Practice having to request another time to meet with you. Mm -hmm. Practice how to really show compassion when you are providing your input after a no. Mm -hmm. Don't come across like hurt or don't Mm -hmm. come across as a victim. Come across as somebody that I hear your no and I understand your no. However, I want to talk a little bit more about it in order to better understand, to see if we can still work together and mm-hmm. move this discussion forward. Right. And all that you can do it. Many people will say, well, I'll just think about it. No, you need to practice it in order for your he- ears to actually feel comfortable listening to these words
0: mm-hmm. a- right. and even
1: yourself, yourself being comfortable saying it.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, it's funny. There's a, a commercial on TV that's been running now for several months and it drives me nuts. It's a young woman. She looks like she's in her, you know, early twenties, and she's clearly standing in front of the the uh, ladies' room bathroom mirror, and and she's practicing going to her boss Mm -hmm. asking for a raise. But the phrasing that she uses is what drives me nuts because a lot of it is very, oh pity me, yeah, um, you know, all sorts of things, and 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 then one of them is well, you know, so and so, a male. Mm has less skill less knowledge and he's paid more than me you know and, and my first thought on that one is if i'm her boss and she comes to me and says that i'm going to say and how do you know that exactly <laughs> you know? and you know and, and it is i mean the the commercial is about empowering yourself and in fact in the the longer version of the commercial another female counterpart steps up and says you go girl but you know the whole thing just strikes me as as wrong mm-hmm. you know there's there's none of her arguments that I as her boss would find compelling and I don't know you know it's just a weird commercial to me but you know practicing that really is so important because if you were in that circumstance and you would look at that and you know maybe you record it you know we can all do that we've got the capability with our computers, so we can record our reactions you could look back at that and, and see your body language mm-hmm. and you know, all of these various things. cause you might not catch it when you're looking in the mirror, but when you're looking at it later, you're thinking, Oh wow, look how my shoulders mm-hmm. slumped. Mm-hmm. Look how I looked at the ground, you know, all of those things. And you know, and and you have to prepare for these. It's it's just, you know, and and really it's it's any type of, of thing that you're gonna negotiate, even if you just run through it once or twice in your head you know, because maybe it's something fairly minor, you really do need to have all your ducks in a row before you go to do this. Yeah,
1: you totally do. And going to the example, back to the example you mentioned about the woman, this is something that I owe. It's my biggest pet peeve. Don't act as a victim when you're going into negotiation and don't compare Mm -hmm. yourself to your colleague because he's male or she's blah, 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 makes Mm -hmm. uh, 20% more than I do. You go in requesting what you feel is your value. And you have to explain why that is your value. And yeah, Mm -hmm. you may be in an organization that they say, and I'm actually working with a woman on this uh, right now in a nonprofit, in which she has been in the nonprofit for three years. She has done a remarkable job in the nonprofit, Mm -hmm. and she believes from her perspective that she deserves a promotion in a race. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She, she actually, mm-hmm. and, and I see her point. I mean, we've mm-hmm. gone through a lot of the stuff and everything. So we have gone back and forth and she has gone back to her boss that happens to be, um, an older, older baby boomer, somebody in their mm-hmm. late sixties, um, mm-hmm. concerning this. And her boss basically has said to her, you haven't put in your time. When Ah. I was your age, I would put in a deck Ah. before Mm -hmm. I got promoted. Mm -hmm. And thank God we had practiced that. Uh, Because I told her that I said, I bet you she's going to come back with. it, And she says, why do you say that? I said, I I do a lot of studies generationally and Mm -hmm. this is what I'm gathering. I I don't Mm -hmm. know your boss, but this is what I I think that uh, Mm -hmm. this person Mm -hmm. is going to tell you. So she was able to say, you know, I appreciate your thoughts and these are my thoughts. And this woman is a millennial and these are my thoughts. And she says, I I appreciate your input. And what I want to do now is I want to go back and think about your input and think about how I can work in this organization for the future,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: how we can work together, maybe figure out a way that both of us can meet our goals. Right. And she left it very open-ended and she practiced mm-hmm. it very well with me and everything. And she says, what about if we meet a month or so from now? And the woman says, perfect mm. to do this. And she, and I told her, said, give yourself a month or so to do this. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, then she called me right away. She says, we need to meet. I sat down with her and we, we met and everything. And bottom line is, she's going to start a job search because she ah. has realized that she is, she's in a very specialized field. And mm-hmm. she, I, I have to admit it, she's an expert. I have done some research mm-hmm. in the field and I mm-hmm. was the first one that looked at her and said, you know, obviously don't tell this to your boss, mm-hmm. uh, continue working there because to find a job is to have a job is the best way to right. find a job. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you need to go. I mean, I know mm-hmm. you feel very strongly about this nonprofit, but it's time for you to go. And, and, right. and that's how the preparedness helped her realize, I definitely need to go. Right. I mean, I I have. And also there's some interest in her life that definitely she needs to go. So once she put everything together, career, family and interest, she realized she says, Elizabeth, you are right. I need to go. So Mm -hmm. now our plan moves to. What is your exit strategy? However, right. not abandoning the fabulous work right. you're doing here mm-hmm. until you mm-hmm. exit without telling mm-hmm. her. So so right. everybody has to realize that she's not getting exactly what she wanted, but she got a new perspective. Oh, there's a different path. And mm-hmm. that path really shows capability and amazing opportunities. Right. It's a path that I haven't traveled, but you know what? I'm prepared enough that I'm going to start traveling it. hmm
0: Well, and you talk in your book a lot about negotiating for in a career, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's for a raise or at the start of Mm -hmm. a position Mm -hmm. and having all of those, you know, you you know what you want from your career, you know what you want to for your family and your interests and, and all of those. And I love, you know, I love that perspective, especially because a lot of times you go in and they offer you maybe they offer you an amount that you're thinking, holy cow, and you just immediately accept yeah. it. And then later on, you think, oops,
1: oops exactly. <laughs> and that's what I, I'm preparing this client of mine that I said, yeah, I mean, you are so valuable that I know immediately they're going to give you a 25% raise, mm-hmm. anybody out there. And she already texted me last night and said, oh, by the way, I have three, a uh, three job interviews next week. I, I love I'm it. telling you that this happened less than two weeks ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's always like, okay, great. And, and I expect for her to be picked up quite quickly. Mm -hmm. However, we also sat down and I said, it's not just about money. And I tell this to all my clients, it's not just the salary. And Mm -hmm. many people say, well, they say that this is the cap. This is the top of the salary. And I actually wanted a little bit more. And I said, okay, so they're telling you that they can't give you $5,000 more. I said, no, I said, let's talk about something else. What do you want? And they're just looking Mm -hmm. at me like, what do you mean? I said, Wouldn't it be great that you don't have to go in on Fridays and you work from home? They're like, oh, Mm -hmm. that's negotiable. I'm like, that's negotiable now because they Mm -hmm. just ask you to marry them. This is when you put your plans down. Don't go Mm -hmm. in there and then start demanding. Mm -hmm. Now is when you do it. It's negotiable now that you can actually ask for maybe I get an extra, a a woman I know, she actually got three extra personal days throughout Mm -hmm. the year because of the extra work she has to do in the fall concerning something. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you know what I mean? And so she has three yeah. personal paid days. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so it's something amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and you know, it, like we said at the start, if they want you they will do what they need to, to get you, um, you know? And, and so, you know, maybe I, I uh, do a lot of career counseling. And one of the things I told people in the negotiation process is, you know, my husband, I'm on his insurance. It's extremely good insurance. So that means it's not a cost that the, that a company that I would be applying to mm-hmm. would have to cover. Mm-hmm. So I say, okay, well that's going to save you X thousands of dollars a year. Uh-huh. I would like in exchange two extra days off or, you know, something like exactly. that. And, and, you know, but again, I prepared, I did my homework, all of these things. And it's, it's a little weird. I remember many years ago when I was in corporate America, we hired a young woman in the, you know, this was in the marketing department and she'd been with us for not, you know, not long. I mean, maybe a month when all of a sudden she had a three week vacation Oh, really? and, mm-hmm. oh, and we were like, yeah, how oh, is, how she? She yeah. yeah. And she had negotiated mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. because she had tickets to go to the Olympics, oh. and you know, and and she already had it bought, you know, mm-hmm. all these various things. And she basically said, "If you want me, you will give me that time off." Now she took it without pay, but still, you know, time off, yeah, and yeah, you know, and and but it was funny because the the rest of us were like, "Well, how'd she get that?" So as a boss, you know, and, and even as that employee, you have to recognize that if you've negotiated something different, there might be questions and you may or may not answer them. I mean, you know, now she told us, hey, you know, I took it without pay. I'd already negotiated this and we all went, oh, OK, whatever. But sometimes it's and, and you know, that comes back to is it appropriate to have even been asking? Yeah, you know, it's
1: it's interesting because uh, from that perspective, as a boss, I always recommend bosses that if they go ahead and do something that it will be noticed by others. Like, for instance, Mm -hmm. every Friday I'm going to be working from home. Right. The boss has to realize I have four other employees. They're going to want to do that. Will this be something that they can do as well? And doing (laughs) this, having this conversation where the boss has to analyze that they actually have brought different ways of doing business in the office and Mm -hmm. actually have improved morale. So Mm -hmm. this is an opportunity when you're asking for this, this is an opportunity that maybe it's a change agent to where you're going that at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, It's a change for the positive. So the woman that actually got uh, Fridays off, it became that that little department, everybody worked from home on Fridays, including the boss. And you know what? Production productivity went up. Right. Huge morale was morale was and Mm -hmm. everybody was so loyal, nobody was looking for jobs. Mm -hmm. So basically, I I many times call this people view a negotiation in a negative form. They're like, I Mm -hmm. want that, and they're gonna say no. You have to look at it like something like I look at it from a terminology of appreciative inquiry. It's basically say, What is my dream? This is Mm -hmm. my dream. Is my dream realistic? I mean, is it realistic to say everybody goes into the office, but then I'm the only one that's going to be telecommuting? No, that's not realistic. Now, is it realistic that maybe every other Friday I can telecommute from home? Can the others Mm -hmm. do the same? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's realistic. So now let's have that conversation. (laughs) And give your boss the time to think about it. Don't say, this is the other thing that I always tell my clients. Don't expect for the boss to say yes or no right there. The boss has to say, I have to think about it. What about, but Mm -hmm. but pin him or her down to the fact, when can we discuss this again? Mm -hmm. And get on him or his or her calendar. Right.
0: And, you know, as you're doing this negotiating Avoid ultimatums. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not the give me that Friday off or else. Exactly. Yeah. No. It's not now, no in your mind, you might have that, and you, and so you've prepared for that and all that. But but yeah, don't force them no. because most of the time, you're not going to like that outcome. It's
1: like my client that I mean, she could have given their, her ultimatum to her boss: if you don't give me my raise, I'm out of here. No, she
0: said okay. And yeah, they hand him a box and they say find exactly. out. There. Instead,
1: mm-hmm. she is looking for another job. She has a different approach of how she's looking for the other job, but she's still working very effectively in her current job. She never gave mm-hmm. an ultimatum to her boss. I mean, shame on her boss when she finds the job and hopefully negotiates the job that she wants. Mm -hmm. And she comes back to her current boss and has to say goodbye because I know she's an extremely valuable employee. So, but you know, you win some, you lose some. And that, that's something Mm -hmm. that in negotiation, we all have to feel
0: comfortable Mm -hmm. with. Right. Well, now, one of the things is I was reading your book, you know, and, and, and it's great. I mean, it's got all these tips for negotiating and, and especially if you're, you know, uh, in a, in a career and, and looking at things, I have. I'm working with a group here called career connections and it's for people who are unemployed and some of them have been unemployed for quite a while. So how, you know, and, and, and they really are at the point of whatever offer I get, mm-hmm. I am going to take. Mm-hmm. How do you get them past that? Because, I mean, we understand, you know, they have bills to pay, you know, they're living in, in somebody's basement, you know, all the, you know, they're, they're having to take the bus to work because they don't have a car any longer. They still have the power to negotiate because, again, if, you know, if they they weren't wanted in that position, they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't even be there. And so that kind of gives them that. But how do you walk them? Because part of it, it's also a self-esteem thing. You know, some some folks have been off for a while. How do you convince them that they still can negotiate and and get some of the things as opposed to just. I'm going to take whatever's offered to me. Yeah, and you know, that's a great question because a lot of it is now even
1: mothers that have stayed home to raise their children. Their children are Mm -hmm. going to college and now they want to get back into the workforce. Number one is figure out the skills you have. I mean, mm-hmm. what were you doing up to now? You have acquired right. some amazing skills and what mm-hmm. you are doing as a mother uh, looking for a job. You know the skill you have concerning of being oh. I, I mean continuing looking, analyzing right. researching, yeah. and find those skills and mm-hmm. develop a story around your skills and how mm-hmm. those skills can actually be implemented immediately in the job Mm -hmm. you're looking for. And Mm -hmm. I know sometimes you have to go and become uh, the helper at Walmart because you have to pay some bills, but that doesn't mean that you can't continue searching for that other job that will get Mm -hmm. you to a higher position where you deserve to be because you have the education and you Mm -hmm. have the skills. You may have stepped down from the work environment because of a layoff or because motherhood, parenthood, or et cetera. But that doesn't mean that you are not worth it. So you have right. to write those down. I always tell people, write down what are your interests, write down what do mm-hmm. you do on a daily basis with people like the people you're working with them. I would say, write down what do you do on a daily basis? Right. And they will write it down and then sit down with them and say, so what skill do you need to, do you need to do this? And they're looking at mm-hmm. me like, what are you talking about? Basic? Mm-hmm. I said, no, no, no. I don't care if it's basic. You write down what it is. Yes. Yeah. And you, Mm -hmm. you tell me, and, and it was interesting that they started like, oh, I see your point. I'm, I I have to budget. I have to budget. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm I'm a perseverant. I know how to talk to people. I'm compassionate. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I need to stay on a budget. I I have to be conservative. I mean, whatever it is. I negotiate
0: with my kids every day. Exactly.
1: Exactly. I'm basically running the PTA organization in my school and my kids high school, You know what skills that requires? That's humongous skills. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, Mm -hmm. maybe that's what you were doing and you're like, well, that's not valuable. No, that's extremely valuable. Yes, So it's basically write down what you do on a daily basis and then find out what are the skills. And that's an exercise that takes a couple of sessions to do because... You have to perfect it, you have to set it aside, reread it again and say, oh, no, 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 I also do this. It also requires this. So it, it's a skill sca- and then once you feel that because half of the battle is you feeling confident right that you are capable. right and then-
0: Well, and and the practice of doing this helps with that self-esteem. Exactly. Um, you know especially if somebody has been off work for a while or maybe was fired, or, you know all these various things, writing it down and then practicing it, you're looking at it and you're going, you know what? I am worth that extra $5,000 mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. you know, that extra whatever it is, or, you know, all of those things. And and one of the things that you mentioned in the book, and, and it's, this is right, 99% of the time, they do have a cushion. You know, they will tell mm-hmm. you, we can mm-hmm. only pay you X. Mm-hmm. You, you, they never start at their high end. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's, that's a bad negotiating thing. And, and, and I always hate salary negotiations because they say, you know, well, how much, how much do you want? Yes, Ugh. yeah, I know. You know, And, and so you tell them, oh, 65000 and they're going, we would have paid eighty exactly, um, Exactly, you know, and, you know, and, and, and I,
1: let me answer that question because many people tell me that. They say, how much do you want? You should have done your research that based on the yes. job you're going after and based on the industry, Mm -hmm. you should know what the range is of, of yes. compensation. Mm-hmm. And I always say, people say people, the person that says the a specific number first is the person that's leaving a lot on the table. Right. So you right. always, when you're forced to say, how much do you want you go back to your research indicating to them, I know what's out there in the market. I know what mm-hmm. the market bears and the market bears between 85,000 and hundred thousand. So right. therefore right. due to my skills, I believe that I should be at the higher range because, mm-hmm. and you explain why. Now, right. all of a sudden, they're like sitting there doing, whoa, I can't, mm-hmm. you know, I can't just go buy this person and just offer the 70 grand that I was mm-hmm. hoping he or she would say.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And and it is tricky because, you know, for, for many positions that aren't, you know, the, the very high level, senior level positions, you have to fill out, say, an online application. And it won't let you go past that number of what is your required salary. Okay. And, you know, it used to be that you could put in a, a, a dot. You know something, so that you put something in that field, so then it went. Ooh, you answered this, or you could put negotiable because Mm -hmm. you know. Again, we've been talking about it, but now a lot of those programs make you put in that sixty five thousand, that hundred thousand, that you know, whatever it is, and and so it's as you said, you have to have done your research Mm -hmm. to find out. You know, and and to me, that's where something like LinkedIn comes in. Oh, don't you love it? I get social media back. Yeah, there you go. Um, you know, because maybe you have connected with people in a similar industry or maybe even at that company. And, you know, you can't say, how much do you make? But you could say, do you know what the salary range might be? Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, a lot of job postings listed. So that kind of gives you and, and then, you know, maybe you just kind of pick one in the middle or, or something like that. But again, they're, they're still not listing their high end. Exactly. Um, because they've, they've got negotiation. And, right and that's
1: what I say. One of the last things concerning this topic, if you see a range and a great idea going to LinkedIn and using it, do not go at the lower end, right. go into the higher end. Now do not go and hit the highest number, yes. but uh-huh. go 25% in the higher ed to put in that number. And many right. times that number, many times I have known from HR executives, they say, they're just looking to see how you value yourself. Believe right. it or not, it's nothing and else. And if
0: you devalue mm-hmm. yourself by taking the lowest, then they're not, you're not the employee that they want.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Totally. Exactly. So you need to make sure the first thing is you need to prepare for yourself and be confident for yourself and then illustrate that when you're going out there and then have the perspective of the other employee. I mean, don't expect $200,000 salary when you're going into a company that, you know, they cannot offer that. So you need to be realistic. You have to understand the other perspective and that's all done with research, not only from a social media perspective, but also from people that, you know, that are in that industry or there are in that company, it is amazing. Or people that have been clients for that company or contractors Mm -hmm. for that company, Mm -hmm. they can give you a lot of insight in that company. Right.
0: You know, and and don't be afraid to ask. I mean, the, the least that's going to happen is somebody says, I don't know, or I can't give you that information, you know, but It's it's bad to find out later that they that they would have said oh well I could have told you X Y Z Mm
1: -hmm. exactly exactly so you need to do it and don't be afraid I mean and and basically many times I tell people remember the Kevin Bacon movie the six uh, degrees of separation Uh we're down to two or three so the first contact you have may say I don't know anything about it but don't leave Mm -hmm. it there say so. What would you advise if this is right. the information I want? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they would say, yeah. oh, you know what? Let me think about it. What about if you do this mm-hmm. instead? So that, right. that's something that people need to realize that don't stop. Once again, always think of, of a cul-de-sac rather than a dead end. In a cul-de-sac, mm-hmm. you still can come out of the conversation. So right. you can come out of the conversation by asking another, another question. And then once you come out of the cul-de-sac, you can turn left or right. And based mm-hmm. on that conversation, it will give you the direction where to turn. Right.
0: Well, holy cow, we are at the top of the hour and I still have all these little notes that I wanted to ask you about. So that just means we have to have you on again. I would love to. Um, Well, and and I think this is such an important topic because we negotiate every single thing we do. Um, You know, I even probably negotiate with my cats. (laughs) You know, give me five more minutes and, and I'll you know, all these various things, which is just, you know, absolutely funny. But, um... You know, we, we do negotiate, and there's definitely ways to go about it that will help you. Are you going to get your way every time? No. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's you know, something that we do use. So before we go, though, Elizabeth, tell people how they find you online, how they connect with you, and and very importantly, how do they buy your book? Perfect. Well, thank you. Uh, thank they-
1: you. They can find me on elizabethsuarez.com and they can also find me on uh, my book and how to get everything you want and more if they go to amazon.com and also on Facebook. They can follow me. My Facebook fan page is The Result Strategist. So they can find me there and also on Twitter. I'm um, at elizabethsuarez on Twitter as well. And I will welcome anybody that wants to connect with me and continue the conversation.
0: Great. Well, Elizabeth, this has been fabulous, especially because I don't get to see you nearly as much as I want. So it's been so much fun talking to you.
1: Likewise. Likewise. I can't wait to see you. I know that you're coming back to Colorado sometime soon, so I'm looking forward to seeing you there.
0: So that'll be fun. And until then, you know, we'll, we'll just have to continue keeping touch online. And to everyone out there, have an absolutely great day. Thanks for listening to Deb Career, your social media friend. Tune in next time to listen to more great tips, techniques, and trends for using social media.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network.
0: For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.